Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is all about live streaming your wedding. Now, I realize this might seem like a very niche episode, especially if you're not getting married uh, this year. Maybe you're not planning a pandemic wedding, Um, but go ahead and talk to all the people who got married last year. They probably also were not planning a pandemic wedding. It's just how it goes. So nobody knows. But I actually think live streaming and like recording weddings this way, attending virtually, I think this is going to be a thing that's going to last well beyond COVID. I know so many people like can't wait to have the big wedding again with all your people there. Amazing. But I think there's a lot of practical uh, resources and a lot of reasons, sorry, reasons, not resources, a lot of practical reasons why you would want to live stream even in a world eventually one day, please, when COVID-19 is not a thing. uh, I think a live stream could still be a really good option. So I'm going to share with you uh, how we're planning to live stream our wedding and how we're doing it for less than $100. Um, Some other options if you want to pay less, if you want to pay more, some important lessons I've learned having attended a few virtual weddings and things that were, you know, important for us that we're kind of keeping in mind for the big day. I am recording this. uh, As of recording, we are a month out from our wedding. um, So I don't actually know how any of the tech is going to go, but I thought I would record the episode now because it's all sort of fresh in my mind. Uh, We've just done a few tech runs, a few tests, a few trials. Uh, We sorted out all the tech, so I thought I would share all about it now. And then I will come in and do an update to this episode if anything changes, if anything goes super wrong or anything went, um, I don't know, if anything went disastrously, (laughs) I will come in and cut in with an update. So if you are listening to this after, say, October, November 2021, um, coming up next will be an update if anything went wrong. (laughs) Maybe I'll put that at the end, haven't decided, but you'll have to, you'll have to listen to the whole episode to find out. 
All right, so let's dive right in. So do you actually need to live stream? So you might be thinking, hey, I'm not getting married during a pandemic. You know, there's no point. I'm not going to get married till 2022 or 2023. Why would I live stream? But it's still a really good idea, especially if you are having that smaller wedding. Like I've shared, my partner and I, we're going to have about 20, 25 guests at our wedding. Um, so obviously, there's going to be a ton of people who aren't able to join us in person. And this was partially a pandemic thing. You know, we didn't want to have a big wedding um, in these times and partially just our personalities. You know, we've always wanted a smaller wedding that we could have in like, you know, a more intimate setting at somebody's home where we actually get to talk to everyone, where we don't have to be, you know, walking down this super long aisle in front of hundreds of people, that sort of thing. So a live stream is a great way for us to still share the moment with friends and family who can't be there without having to host a big giant event, which, um, I think would be a little bit, uh, impractical or dangerous in these current times, um, but also just in regular times, like you might just want a smaller wedding. And this is a nice way to still share that with other people. It's also a really good way to record your ceremony. If you don't have the budget for a videographer doing a live stream, you often can record them as well is a great way to sort of get a copy of your ceremony. You can watch that back on your anniversary. It's also more convenient for guests. So if you have guests who are elderly, who are unable to travel, you know, they can't get time off work, they can't fly across the world to be there. This is a really nice way to say, hey, you know, I'm getting married in Chicago. I understand you live in Dubai. You probably don't want to fly all the way here for my wedding. You know, maybe you're not that close to the person, whatever it is. But like, here's the link. Please join us for the ceremony. I think that's super cool. And I think that's going to be a thing well beyond COVID because, you know, travel constraints, um, being too, you know, being too elderly or too ill to be able to get some place, not being able to get time off work. Those are all still going to be realities in a post-COVID world. Um, so the live stream is still a great option. Next, you'll need to decide what parts you want to stream. So the uh, go-to seems to be just streaming the ceremony that's sort of expected, but you can also add in um, some other parts of the wedding if you want to make it a little bit of a longer event. So you can add in speeches. I've been to a wedding where after the ceremony, they had a few people on the Zoom as well as in person give speeches, which was really cool. You could add in dances if you want your guests to watch your first dance or your um, parent-child dance. You could add in some like breakout rooms. I think this was a bigger thing at the beginning of the pandemic when people were literally getting married, like just the two of them and the officiant and they had no guests. They would sort of do these breakout rooms where, um, you know, you get thrown into a Zoom room with like five other people and you can kind of chat and it was supposed to mimic like sitting at the reception, like you're at your table and you're chatting with everyone. And then the couple would like pop into each room, say hi, do a toast, that sort of thing. That's really fun. Um, I would be, I'd be careful with that one. People are feeling a lot of Zoom fatigue these days. I don't know about you, but there was a point in my life where I was doing like five Zoom meetings a week for work, plus like social Zoom meetings on the weekends or after work. And it was just a lot. So it's, it's asking a lot of people um, to keep their cameras on and to be interactive and chatting. You know, if it's people, you know, who know and love each other, who want to have that time to catch up, that's great. But it could be a little bit awkward, just like at a regular wedding, when you go and sit at your table, if you don't know everyone, it can be a little bit awkward. So it's an option, but just, you know, think of your guests. Um, don't have it be a thing that goes on all night long, maybe just short little breakout rooms. You could also do the breakout rooms um, as an optional thing. So only people who want to stick around can stick around. You could do it before the wedding so people can kind of like catch up before the ceremony or after if you want to, you know, pop in and cheers with people. There's also the option to just, you know, keep recording, have your full reception uh, live streamed as well. I think this one is uh, not something you want to invite everyone to. Like I said, people have the Zoom fatigue. 
Um, most people probably don't want to be tuned in for like eight hours <laughs> to your Zoom wedding. It's just not that fun if you're on the other end, you know, in your sweatpants on the couch. You have to like, keep a smile on your face and staring at the screen. It's, it's not that fun. I can see this being a good option, though, if someone, you know, super important to you is unable to make it. So let's say, um, you know, for some reason your parents aren't able to make it or a sibling or a grandparent or really, really close loved one is unable to be there. And they're like, I just want to be as, you know, as much a part of this wedding as I can. I want to be there for every moment, like from the minute you're getting dressed, eating lunch, taking the limo over to the venue, I want to be with you. Then go ahead, set up the all day stream for, you know, mom who's stuck in another country and she can be part of the whole thing. You can set up a laptop on a chair, that sort of thing. But traditionally, well, I guess it's hard to say traditionally for something as new as live streaming, but typically we see just the ceremony being streamed, possibly some speeches and dances, possibly those breakout rooms, but doing the full reception would definitely be a little out of the ordinary. And I think no matter what you are doing, you definitely want to give your guests a heads up. So when you're sending out the invite, letting them know, hey, we'll just be streaming the ceremony, you know, expect to spend about half an hour with us, or hey, we're going to do a ceremony and some speeches, it'll be 45 minutes, that sort of thing. Give people a heads up. It's always really nice. Um, nice to do that. I'll get into that a little bit later, more about, you know, what you should be telling guests when, how to send them that sort of information. But before we do that, let's dive into the different options for live streaming. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So there are a few options when it comes to live streaming your wedding. You could pay a professional, you can do it for free, or you can sort of do a DIY version where you are paying for some elements. So if you go the professional route, um, basically you'd be hiring a videographer to live stream your wedding. A lot of videographers are offering live stream packages. They sort of had to pivot during COVID times. So it's pretty common to see if you just Google like live stream wedding, your city name, you'll probably see a lot of lot of options. Um, the nice thing about this, obviously, it's less of a headache. You don't have to worry about the tech. You don't have to go and purchase a bunch of things off of Amazon. You don't have to troubleshoot. You don't have to figure out how people are going to hear you, how they're going to see you, if you have Wi-Fi, if you need data, what the different camera angles are, how to get the link, how to get grandma set up, all of that stuff, which to be honest, is a headache. However, of course, it comes with a price tag. So I did some research for my city. I live in a pretty big city and sort of the cheap cheapest live stream package I could find was $600. I believe that was about an hour of live streaming um, with, you know, one person on site. I think it might have been one or two camera angles. They provide all the tech in terms of cameras and uh, microphones, but you did have to provide the Wi-Fi or the data. And then all the way up to, I think the most expensive one I saw was $1,500. And that was like a few, um, I think it was two 
people coming to your site. So there's a couple different camera angles. They also provide uh, data. So that would be really important if you were getting married in a place without Wi-Fi or if you didn't want to pay for the data, because obviously you do need that internet connection to get the live stream. Um, and of course, there's always a bunch of add-ons if you want to have like the nice commemorative disc made after the fact. Uh, most of these did include the recording, like they would send you the recording, but you could pay extra to get like a same day edit or things like that. Um, so lots of options if you do want to pay for it. Uh, I would say probably the cheapest you're going to find is about that $600 mark um, in terms of, you know, in being in a big city, a uh, professional company offering this package. I'm sure if you just go on uh, Craigslist, you could find someone for like a hundred bucks to do it for you. But if you want, you know, if the whole point of going professional is so you're not worried, you don't have to have that headache. So probably expect to spend anywhere from that five to $1,500 range if you're going professional. Um, for us, we decided, we did look into this, you know, because we, we want a live stream, but we decided we would just DIY it. We felt like we were tech savvy enough and also so we're planning to just have, um, you know, max 30 minutes being live streamed just of our ceremony. So we really couldn't justify spending um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, possibly thousands of dollars on a half hour stream. Uh, again, TBD, if that was the right choice, I will let you know if, uh, if things go disastrously in a follow up. The other option on the other end of the scale is obviously to do it for free. So one popular way to do this is just to stream live on a social media network. So you could do a Facebook Live, Instagram Live, you could go, and go live from YouTube. So the nice thing about this, obviously, it's free. Um, it works really well if all of your guests are already on Facebook, already on Instagram. You know, with YouTube, you don't have to have an account or anything. You just go. You just go and watch it. Uh, there are some issues, though, of course. Um, some of your guests might not be on Facebook. They might not have Instagram. For example, like your grandma, does she have an Instagram account? That might be really difficult to get grandma set up on Instagram. So you have to kind of know your audience. Is it going to be like half of your guest list is going to have to figure out how to join Instagram? That might not go over so well. <laughs> the other big issue I've heard is copyright. So um, if you've ever seen like a YouTube video or something like that, that's gotten taken down or that the audio has been cut off because they've used songs that they didn't have the copyright license to, that is a huge issue that can definitely happen if you are streaming your wedding. And unfortunately this happens a lot because a lot of wedding ceremonies, you know, you're using uh, music that you obviously have not purchased the license to, uh, as you walk down the aisle or as, you know, the bridesmaids enter, as you sign the paper, as you walk back up the aisle, that sort of thing. And it's no problem on the day of, you know, in your venue, you're allowed to play that music for your own enjoyment. You don't have to pay for it. But when you're streaming it on a website, um, you know, to the public, then you do have to pay for it. Um, and I'm not saying you should pay thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to get your music, you know, professionally licensed and avoid any copyright issues. Um, I'm saying that if, <laughs> if you're going to go that route, you might as well just pay for an actual videographer to handle this for you. But that is something I've seen in a lot of um, the Facebook groups, people will say, oh my God, we tried to stream live on Facebook and halfway through our audio cut out because Facebook flagged our video for having, you know, copyright music and nobody could hear the rest of our ceremony. So something to be aware of. Um, I think if you still want to go the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube route, uh, and you're worried about this, maybe try to stick to instrumental music um, or just have a chat with anyone who, who knows a little bit more about those platforms. Or if you are hiring a videographer, chat with them and say like, hey, what can we do? Can we have a backup a link that we send people to? Or can we have it like no audio until the music's over or something like that? I'm sure there are some workarounds. Um, another issue is that it's difficult to send out a link ahead of time. So obviously, if you're on Facebook, you could you could create an Insta or sorry, a Facebook uh, page or 
a Facebook group and or an event and you can send out that link um, on Instagram. You would probably just send out like the link to your profile and just go live from there on YouTube. My understanding is you're not able to send out a link ahead of time if you're just going live on YouTube. Um, more on this later, but that, that is my understanding. Uh, apologies if I have that wrong and you're screaming into your, <laughs> into your headphones right now, but, uh, that is one of the issues with YouTube. So again, you probably just have to send people to like your YouTube account and just tell them like, Hey, we'll be going live at some time. You know, you'll be able to find it from the account. Another free option obviously is zoom. Uh, most of us are familiar with zoom by this point in the pandemic. There is a free uh, version of Zoom that you could use to stream your wedding. However, there is a limit to the number of participants. I want to say it's 100, maybe. <laughs> Probably should have done a little bit more research on that. Um, I want It's about, it might, might be less than 100. Don't quote me on that. Um, and I know there's a time limit as well, and I believe it's 45 minutes. Um, and then, of course, the other con, uh, people have to have Zoom. You don't have to have a Zoom account, but you do have to have Zoom downloaded on your device. So, again, that could be a big barrier for people who are not as tech savvy. But if you do want to go free, uh, don't want to put any money into your streaming, there are options. All right. Moving into three big mistakes that we've learned, our big mistakes we've seen, lessons we've learned. So in in my time, in my in my last 18 months of living through a pandemic, I have attended three virtual weddings, uh, one virtual funeral, a couple, probably three or four virtual Easter's and Thanksgiving's and like six virtual Christmas celebrations and then countless virtual meetings for work. So I am all about to the virtual meetings, <laughs> the virtual events, um, Zoom's open on my computer way more often than I would like it to be. But from the three virtual weddings that I've attended, I've sort of, I've had three big takeaways, sort of mistakes that I've seen, lessons I've learned, things I don't want us to repeat at our wedding. So mistake number one, standing in front of the screen. So the very first wedding I attended virtually the photographer stood in front of the camera for probably 10 minutes of the ceremony which feels like an eternity and it was just so awful you know there's how many of us probably hundreds of us watching online and we're just staring at this photographer's butt for like 10 minutes luckily we could still hear what was going on but we couldn't see it and I'm sure when the couple watched the video back they were like super embarrassed and, and maybe upset right they probably want this copy of their ceremony and they just got their photographer's butt which sucks um so for this one I think the lesson is you just need to be a little bit more aware so obviously you want your photographer to get amazing photos and if that means blocking the camera for you know a quick second here or there to grab the shot absolutely I think they should do it. I think the photos you get are more important than all of your live stream people having like this perfect shot of you the entire time. However, your photographer should know where the camera is. Like when you're setting up that day, you should say, hey, photographer, we're setting up the camera for the live stream here. Is that going to be in your way? If so, let us know where you want us to put it. Because if they have to stand in front of it for 10 minutes in order to get the photos they want, then you've put your camera in the wrong spot. Like that, that can be moved. And that's something you should discuss with your photographer ahead of time. Mistake number two, not having a microphone. <laughs> this is crucial. If you are live streaming, if, um, you know, DIYing it in any, any way, uh, or hiring a professional, I think having a microphone is like the number one thing. Um, because what's the point if no one can hear you, right? Uh, we attended a virtual wedding that was being held outside. And we literally could not hear a single word that the bride and groom exchanged. Every minute or two, we maybe caught like one word from the officiant when she kind of raised her voice. But besides that, we couldn't hear anything. It was still really nice to see them. Um, but it would have been really, really nice if we could hear them. Like We had no idea what was going on. Um, so really make sure that you do purchase a microphone. And I'll get into this more later. It doesn't have to be an expensive one, just something. Even your phone will work. You know, your phone has a mic. Just something to pick up on your voices, not counting on the same phone that you're using to 
film you that you know to video record it not counting on that being able to pick up your audio especially a lot of people are putting their phones like a good 20 30 40 feet away from them there's no way that's going to pick up your audio part b of this mistake is if you do have a mic just be aware of where it is and the sounds that it's picking up we attended a wedding where the couple had a handheld mic which was awesome because we could hear every word <laughs> sometimes too loud the officiant you know we had to turn it down a little bit uh, they were able to hand the mic back and forth which was great we could hear them during their vows however I think one thing they hadn't considered was what else they would be holding in their hands. So when they were reading their vows, uh, they were holding the vows and the mic sort of in the same hand. Um, and there was just a ton of shuffling noise and you could hear it like is really, really loud static coming through the mic because obviously the paper was hitting up against the microphone. And that was a little bit distracting. And of course, it's tough. The couple, you know, you're nervous, you're saying your vows, your hands are kind of shaking, making a lot of extra noises. So just something to be aware of. Same if you were going to wear those lapel mics, like, you know, if you have to reach into your pocket to get your vows or you know whatever it is if you keep adjusting your coat like that's going to make noise into the mic every single time so just being aware of where the mic is and what noises it might pick up mistake number three is not muting other people or having a moderator so this is like my biggest zoom pet peeve i freaking hate when people can't figure out how to mute themselves how to turn on or off their video people like talking to other people and it's like oh my god this is not <laughs> It's not your time. I'm the person who has my mic muted, probably my video off, and I'm just freaking out about everyone else who has not figured it out yet. <laughs> but you really need to have either these controls already in place or somebody who is moderating your Zoom call, whatever, um, you know, platform you decide to go with who is able to do these things. So all of your guests should be muted when they enter your ceremony. Um, this would be obviously if you're starting with the ceremony, if you're doing some sort of like breakout rooms or things like that first, no big deal. People don't have to be muted. But once it's ceremony time, all of the guests should be muted. That should be an action that you can take sort of like in a control booth way, mute all. Uh, the main screen that's showing the two of you getting married that needs to be pinned as sort of like the... Um, I don't know, like the event, I guess. Uh, there's a way to do that on Zoom as well to make sure that that is the main screen for everyone. And just <laughs> making sure that you have those uh, things in place or you have a moderator who is able to go in and do those things for you because it can really uh, be very, very distracting. Uh, again, that same wedding we went to with the um, that was all outside and they didn't have a mic and we couldn't hear them. One of the guests, I guess, didn't realize that her mic was on and spent probably about five or 10 minutes speaking out loud about a wildfire that was happening near her house, just going on and on and on in details about all the fire and multiple other guests had to turn their mics on to say, uh, excuse me, we can hear you, please be quiet. And finally she she figured it out and like just she just left the call. I think she was so embarrassed, but it was just, ugh, it was so awful. And like on top of not being able to hear the wedding, now we have to listen about this fire for five minutes so funny you know looking back on it but but not so great in the, in the moment so definitely make sure uh, that you learn from these three big mistakes lessons so again those were uh, make sure no one is standing in front of your screen for a long time make sure you have a mic and you're aware of what noises it's going to pick up and make sure that you have a moderator or the controls to mute other people and make your screen the focus one All right, so let's chat a little bit about how you're going to communicate this with your guests. So what we did was we um, reached out to all of our guests in sort of the typical way that we talk to them. So whether that is text, email, phone, Facebook Messenger, however it was, and just said like, hey, um, in case you haven't heard, we're getting married on this date. Uh, we'll also be streaming our wedding 
um, you know, we, we live streaming our wedding and we'd love for you to join us virtually. What's your best email address? Something like that, super short. You can just mass send this out to everyone that you text regularly, everyone that you chat with on Facebook, all of your childhood friends, whoever. That's the other nice thing about a virtual wedding. You can really invite everyone. You don't have to be as careful with like, oh, and I'm not sure if that person and I are close enough. Like, who cares? You're not buying them a meal. They don't have to pay for a hotel room. They don't have to buy you a gift or anything like that. Uh, you may still get gifts, um, but don't expect gifts and definitely don't expect like, you know, big expensive gifts because you're not buying anyone a meal. You're not hosting them. So that's a whole nother thing. I've done a few episodes on gifts before, but what we did was just send out that message to basically all of our friends and family and got everyone's email address. Uh, we then sent them a save the date email. I think this is optional. I don't think you have to do this, but I thought it was a good idea. So about um, maybe two and a half months before our wedding, we sent out an email to everyone just saying, hey, here's the date, you know, save the date. We'll be sending you the link closer to um, time and date. Just, you know, put it in your calendar so you have this set aside and then giving them a few details about uh, what the event would entail for them virtually. Uh, another optional thing, I think you could send a reminder. So if you are sending out the link, say, you know, a month before, two months before, three months before, I think it's nice the week of to send a reminder, just like, hey, just a reminder, you know, we're getting married this weekend. Here's the link again in case you've lost it in your inbox or something like that. So here's the information your guests absolutely need that you should be sending in the email. So obviously the link, they need the link to be able to join you wherever it is, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Zoom, put the link in there, make it super easy, make it something they can just click on and join. They don't have to type anything into a browser or anything like that. That's why I definitely recommend sending this all by email. Um, you know, you're already going virtual. It's already an online experience. There's no need to send a paper invitation that people then have to like type into their browser or, you know, you could get fancy with like a QR code, but I think an email is the right way to go here. Um, the next thing, obviously, you need to tell them the time and the date. <laughs> Very important. Make sure they know when they need to be uh, on that link. You'll want to let them know about any tech needs. So, for example, if you're doing it over Zoom, you'll want to tell people, hey, you need to download Zoom. Here are the instructions link to the Zoom website. Another nice thing to tell them is the length of time. So, like I said, you can tell them, hey, like we'll be streaming our ceremony. Expect to be with us for about half an hour. I think it's also nice to tell people um, if it's going to be a two-way stream or a one-way stream. So a one-way stream is like watching a movie. So you can see the movie, but the movie can't see you. <laughs> and then a two-way stream would be like a, a regular Zoom call or a Skype call where the person on the other end can also see you. This is very nice to tell people, uh, you know, you don't want them to get all dressed up and then realize it's a one-way stream and they wasted their time or vice versa. You don't want them to, you know, it's a two-way stream and you're telling everyone, oh, turn your cameras on so you can wave at the newlyweds and they're there with their um, you know, sweatpants and face masks on and they're flossing their teeth or something like that. Lastly, you also want to tell them about any other um, requirements or anything else special that you're doing. So for example, one of the virtual weddings I attended, they also had a virtual guest book. So they sent out the link to the to the guest book along with the link to the uh, Zoom wedding so people could sign the guest book ahead of time. If you're doing anything cute, like, hey, we're all gonna pose for photos or like, please send us a photo of yourself on the day. We wanna like, you know, see everyone all dressed up. Definitely let them know about that ahead of time. Again, you don't wanna get anyone stuck uh, having to take a photo in sweatpants, flossing their teeth, <laughs> unless, unless that's their look, then that's great. 
Um, some things that are nice to send, but I don't think are required would be if you do have a point person, someone who's going to be the moderator for your event, you know, they're going to handle all the muting on Zoom and that sort of thing. Um, you can point that person out and you can say, hey, we're going to have Sarah be our point person. If you run into any tech issues, please reach out to her. Here's her email address. She'll be the, you know, the moderator, the admin, the host on the day of. Um, you could also send out a fancy invite. Again, I still think it should be virtual. I think it should be an email situation, but there are lots of websites like Paperless Post. I know is one where you can pay to actually send out like a really beautiful, um, fancy virtual invitation. So you could go that route if you want to kind of, you know, step it up a little bit. I've also heard of people sending out favors, which I think is super cute. So sometimes they'll send everyone like a little mini bottle of champagne and then everyone can toast uh, virtually. I think this is something that, again, happened more at the beginning of the pandemic when you actually could not have any guests. And it was a nice way to sort of connect with your guests. It works well if you have more local guests. Um, you know, trying to ship champagne all over the world is probably going to get pretty expensive. Uh, but it's a cute idea. People will send out sometimes little uh, desserts. Again, this works best for local guests, uh, especially if you have to like cancel your wedding last minute and switch to a live stream and you've already ordered like 18 dozen donuts. It's really nice to ship those out to everyone and, and give them something to celebrate with. So that is optional. Don't think you have to send a favor, but it is nice. All right, going into our DIY live stream for less than $100. So here's what we decided to do. So the important things for us was that it was cheap. <laughs> that is how we ended up deciding to DIY it and not pay for a professional. We wanted to make sure people can hear us. So we bought a mic and we just bought a little lapel mic on Amazon. I think it was maybe $30 and it's going to connect to a phone. Uh, we want to make sure people can see us. So we'll be using my phone to uh, take the video. I have an iPhone 11, I think. Um, so pretty good quality. And then we also picked up a tripod on Amazon for about 20 bucks. And that's going to be sort of the visual component. We wanted to make sure that there were as few tech barriers as possible as we are going to have some older, not so tech savvy guests join us. So what we decided to do is YouTube through Zoom. So <laughs> let me try to break this down. So what we're doing is we are streaming through Zoom and we paid $15 to upgrade to the Zoom Pro so we can have um, this capability. So what we're going to do is we'll be streaming it through Zoom but then streaming from the Zoom to YouTube. <laughs> so try to follow me here. So the only people on the Zoom call technically are going to be me and my partner. He's gonna have the mic on because we'll be using his phone as the mic and I'm gonna have the video on because my phone's gonna be the video. And otherwise I'll be muted and his video will be off. So on the Zoom side, it just looks like a two-way phone call. One of us is doing video, one of us is doing the mic. However, we're also going to stream from Zoom to YouTube, which is something you can do. It's a capability that's built into Zoom. I think you do have to upgrade to Pro to be able to do this. Um, and the reason we're doing that is because we don't want to have to have our guests download Zoom um, because that was going to be a barrier. Like some of our guests are not that tech savvy. They're not going to be able to download Zoom. So we wanted them to just have a super quick link that they could hit uh, on YouTube. We wanted it to be a one-way stream so we didn't have to worry about anybody unmuting themselves, not being able to, you know, pin the right video, that sort of thing. We wanted people to be able to show up in their sweatpants and not have to worry about uh, showing their faces or anything like that. So with YouTube, it's just one way. They don't have to get fancy. 
um, we wanted to make sure we could set the link ahead of time. So I talked about this earlier. If you just go live straight from YouTube, my understanding is you're not able to get access to that link ahead of time. So you wouldn't be able to tell people, hey, go to this URL for our wedding. You'd have to say, hey, go to my YouTube profile and then I'll be going live from there. You know, something's going to pop up. Please click on it. Whereas if you do decide to stream live to YouTube from Zoom, you actually can set that link ahead of time. So that's important to us because we wanted to be able to email out a link. Super easy. You just click on it. Um, the other thing we can do by doing it through Zoom and then to YouTube is we get to keep a copy. So Zoom will automatically record a copy and save that for us. Whereas I think if you go live straight on YouTube, you might not be able to save a copy. Um, and same with Facebook and Instagram. I have heard some uh, sad stories of people who aren't able to save a copy, especially with Facebook. I've seen this. Uh, you can't actually save the video if you have it um, through a group or through a page. So definitely double check that if that's something important to you. You want to be able to get the video off of that site. So that is why we've decided to go for this streaming through Zoom and then live streaming from Zoom to YouTube. I think it also is another pro of it is that we're not going to uh, go over our guest count limit um, because even with the Zoom Pro, I think there is a limit to how many guests you can have. And because we're going to YouTube, we're not going to um, have any limits because the YouTube link is is it's different. You don't have to, <laughs> there's no limit to how many people can watch it on YouTube. Um, I think it also will be faster. I don't think we have to worry about our stream slowing down because technically it's just two people on the stream and then it's going to YouTube. Uh, as you can tell, the tech part of this is way over my head, but my partner has it all figured out. And the way he explained it to me, it made a lot of sense. So if anything I've said in the last few minutes <laughs> made sense, uh, this is definitely a route I think you should look into. So it's going to be a one-way stream. You just have to click the link, but you still get to save a copy. Um, we're not actually playing any music during our ceremony, so we don't have to worry about the whole copyright part of it all. And we're getting away um, with the whole thing for less than $100. We paid maybe 30 bucks for the mic, about 20 bucks for the tripod, 15 bucks for Zoom Pro. I think we'll end up having it for two months, so call that 30. So we're at uh, $70, $80. Um, so yeah, less than $100. And hopefully it all works out. We've been doing some tests. We did tests at our venue. We did tests at our own house. We have written out all the steps uh, one by one. So we are hoping, fingers crossed, everything works out. It worked out really well during the test. So hopefully we can mimic that on the actual day. All right, before I end this episode, I just wanted to talk about a few more things um, in terms of the actual day of sort of uh, setup and some other considerations you might want to uh, have in mind. So for us, we've decided it's actually just going to be easier if the two of us set it up. Uh, we're the two who have been testing it, have done all the trials. Like I said, we have all of the steps written out, um, you know, step one, step two, step three. So we know exactly how it's supposed to go. We're also just looking at our timeline, there's a period of time where it's just me and my partner and the photographer who are going to be at the venue. And that's sort of that perfect sweet spot time for us to get everything in place, um, you know, press start, get everything going. I do think in an ideal world, we would have um, an on-site person who could sort of be the troubleshooter for us. So someone who has attended all of our tests and trials, knows what's supposed to happen, has walked through the steps, understands it, is very tech savvy, could troubleshoot if anything went wrong as well as a virtual moderator. So someone who is on the Zoom call who could sort of manage things from that aspect. Um, we may still, you know, we're about a month out. We may still tap someone to do that. At this point, I don't really want to burden any of our guests with it. Um, and just the logistics of trying to get them to show up early and test it out with us is a bit of a headache. Um, and same with having somebody virtually 
Unfortunately, there's not a ton they'll be able to do because once we sort of stream it to Zoom or stream it from Zoom to YouTube, it's kind of out of their hands. Um, but I think in an ideal world, it'd be nice to have somebody uh, on site and then somebody who's also sort of virtually moderating things. Our ideal plan is just sort of like set it and forget it. It's going to take a couple minutes to get things, you know, really like rolling once we show up and then we just want to let it go. Uh, we don't want to have to monitor it or check in. Um, I am a little bit worried about that because obviously, you know, once we press start, things could happen and we might not know about it. But I think I have to get to a point where just, you know, whatever happens, happens. If it works, that's amazing. If it doesn't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but there are going to be, you know, bigger things for me to worry about that day. And I really want to be, you know, during my ceremony, I want to be in the moment. I want to be focused on my partner. I want to be um, listening to the vows that are being read to me and the vows that I am reading to, to him. And I don't want to be worried about uh, this DIY live stream. So I, that was one of the reasons why I actually thought we should go with a professional. But, you know, my partner has assured me that this DIY version is going to work. And if it does, I will be very happy that, <laughs> that we went this way. If it doesn't, I think that'll be okay too, as long as it's not something that I'm stressing about in the moment. But as I said, I will come back with an update. So if right after this, it goes into the outro, either I have not gotten married yet, or it all worked perfectly. Um, if right after this, it goes into an update, then something bad has happened. <laughs> but fingers crossed nothing bad happens and it does work out and if you were live streaming your wedding fingers crossed for you too i hope everything goes smoothly and again when you're in that moment actually you know during your ceremony during your wedding there are way more important things for you to be focused on than whether or not your aunt in france can hear you properly um it's okay i'm sure even that one live stream wedding i went to where we could not hear a single word and a woman talked about the fires in her area for 10 minutes i'm sure the bride and groom watched that back and just killed themselves laughing because it is a it's a memory right however it turns out it's a memory so <laughs> enjoy it whatever version of live stream you end up getting Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.